0: Welcome, neighbors. Thank you for joining us this evening for our discussion. Uh, I hoped you uh, got some of the literature on the way in. Grabbed yourself some refreshments. There is a very tasty fruity beverage back there. So, as everybody settles in, I will explain what we'll be doing here tonight. We are going to be discussing Christian and secular media. I am joined by my best friend, CJ. Uh, And as you may or may not know, we are former praise and worship music musicians. Music musicians, you know. So, uh I feel like we have an authority on on the subject. If you continue <laughs> if you continue to uh to join us this evening, you are consenting to join our organization and you will have to uh no longer associate with your friends and family. So, moving along, CJ, how are you this evening? I'm I'm doing well.
1: I, I'm interested in these tracts. Uh, they're it's fascinating literature. I'd I'd love to to discuss those with you this evening, and hopefully that's that's what we're gonna do, and we'll all. Be, oh
0: yeah, we'll do that. We'll get to that. We'll but, all be uh, on
1: the same page and and be able to accept uh, Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior by the end of this evening, and uh, we'll or, we'll win yeah. some more souls for the kingdom, and it'll be good. How are you?
0: Absolutely, I'm good, man. Okay, we're going to break character now. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, uh CJ, how's your Halloween movie watch going? Well, home stretch. I think
1: I'm I think I'm still like a day behind on on movies. This weekend was kind of hectic and I wasn't able to watch anything on Friday or Saturday, I don't think, and so I'm still trying to catch up on that. But yeah, we're at the home stretch. Um a week left in the month for for movies, for horror movies and uh-huh. I watch horror movies throughout the year, but this is just for my gauntlet experience, I guess you could say. Which, by the way, listeners, Luke did watch a movie with me last night. He said he would try to if he had time. And so, Luke, what did we watch last night, man?
0: We watched Eraserhead by David Lynch.
1: And And what did
0: you think? uh, I believe I was in just the right state of mind to really enjoy it. I, I feel like... At the beginning, I was like, "What the heck is this movie?" Yeah. But as, as the as it unfolded, I was still like, "What the heck is this movie?" But I actually started to see a pattern or an idea unfold, mm-hmm. which you mentioned that you thought it was about, you know, fear of being a father. I thought it was just about what it's like to be a man mm-hmm. in society. That's uh, yeah, keeping it spooky. <laughs> That's, that is de- that is i don't that is know if that's
1: picking up on your on your mic but that was terrifying sounding
0: <laughs> that's not even the worst of the noises he makes man um but uh but yeah i don't know just like the you know he's in a he's in a big city it looks like and but he's all alone even though he's outside in the streets and there's just this hum uh tone in the background so it's like there's always noise but you're also always alone you, like you, everyone expects you to know where to go and what to do and it, whether that's true or not that's the feeling that i feel like a lot of men have and probably not just men let's be honest it's probably for a lot of people right but uh but yeah we talked about it a lot last night. I don't want to spend forever on on the movie, but what do, what do you have to say about it?
1: Well, I think we're coming. We're basically interpreting the movie the same way, but we're just coming at it from different angles. Just because the fatherhood aspect that I get from the movie and the fear of being a father or just being a parent in general, but for our purposes, we we can talk about fatherhood. It, it runs hand in hand with what it means to be a man, what it means to become an adult and to have more responsibilities, whether that entails having children or not. The movie just happens to center around this creature that I don't know if you want to call it a, a child. But yeah, yeah the, there's just a lot of fear in the film and a lot of dread and the sense that Henry, the, the main character, is losing his sense of identity. Because he's being pushed and pulled in all these different directions, whether it's his baby mama's family, whether it's the baby mama herself, whether it's the girl that lives across the hall, you know, Ooh. he's getting pushed and pulled and, and he's going in all these different directions. And from a, as someone who has a two year old at home. That's so it's so true, because though the cast of characters might not be the same, you're still conflicted and you're still trying to figure out where to go and, and how to be a father and be a man and be a human being, an adult human being in a world where, like you said, it's it feels alive, but it it feels separate and lonely and yeah that that's that's kind of what i get from the film i'm a huge david lynch film uh david lynch fan and that is not going to be any surprise to some of you who may know me but yeah i i was happy that luke you got you got some good stuff from the movie and it didn't freak you out too much cuz i know his stuff mm. can start to worm its way in your head and uh but yeah what about you man what's uh what else has been going on
0: Um, we're getting our fence replaced tomorrow. That got knocked down by the hurricane. Nice. That's about it. So
1: everything on the pottery front still going well?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I finished a a small batch of mugs last night. That's why I was late to the movie. I was attaching handles to the mugs, man. When you really start caring about consistency, everything takes so much longer to do.
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Because you have to pay attention to detail and yeah, it just takes a lot of time. Which sucks because I don't want to like just raise my prices because it's took me longer to make granted they are better quality so I could but mm, you know mm. how much are people gonna spend on a mug at a at an art show you know at a brewery right <laughs> especially if they want multiple because they all look very similar you know mm-hmm. but yeah otherwise uh going well they came out great they they're all pretty much the same size and shape they're way more consistent than anything else of've any other set of things I've ever made so I'm really happy with that I'm making progress very cool yeah that's it
1: so it was luke's week to bring some form of christian media and he definitely came out swinging this week so luke what (laughs) christian media did you bring
0: so i brought a halloween chick tract and if you don't know what a, if you don't know what a chick tract is chick tract is uh, there's these little pamphlets car- cartoon booklets that are basically like small comic strips um, that usually have a, a spiritual message and there's i used to see these in halloween all the time because it's like that satanic panic uh, you know mm-hmm. halloween is evil and all that stuff which we've been addressing this whole month on the podcast so, I wanted to do something fun. So, I found one. And, uh, you know, full disclosure, we actually already recorded this, but I'll explain what I mean. Uh, I wrote out stage directions to explain the slides. I then had CJ, uh, Jackie, our social media person and uh, former guest, and then both uh, Tracy, which is CJ's wife, and Brittany, my wife, read the different parts. I was the only one who knew what this what this was about I had to read through it so that I could explain the slides uh and ha- and not have to do it real time so yeah this was a fun one they they went in with a a blind reading a cold reading uh yeah. and it it was weird it was but it was fun <laughs> so yeah I guess we'll uh, we'll insert that recording here and we will meet you back here in just a few
2: there it is let's do it
0: Three boys approach a haunted house as they approach a black cat runs across the porch they see a spiderwebs everywhere a jack-o-lantern and what they can only assume is a mannequin that brushes that in the bushes holding an axe and wearing an old-style hockey mask one of the boys speaks up
2: my mom said not to come on chicken
0: timmy breaches the wall of spiderwebs
2: ugh spiderwebs i don't like this
0: as he breaks through a gigantic spider drops down from the porch ceiling yeah Run! It's unclear if they did run because there's no spider anymore, but somehow they're inside.
2: I was never so scared. Look, it's a witch. She doesn't scare me.
0: There's a witch in the back of the room. How do they know? Because she has a pointy black hat, she's standing over a steaming cauldron, her broomstick is next to her, and for some reason there's a bat flying around inside. The boys approach the cauldron.
2: Happy Halloween!
0: (laughs) A trap door opens beneath the boys. Bye! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> the They land on a pile of something with a thud. Ugh,
2: what's that?
0: The boys stare wide-eyed at something they never thought they'd see. Welcome to the abyss. <laughs> Standing before them are all manner of evil creatures from the abyss. You will be
1: spending eternity with
0: us. The boys run in terror past an open door where a man, grinning in delight is pulling on an array of different levers, letting you know that he is the one controlling the monsters, in case you thought any of this was real.
2: No way! We're out (laughs) of here!
0: As the boys escape the house, one of the boys is finally given a name in the story. Timmy runs into the street, even though it's night, and he would have seen the headlights.
2: Timmy, look out! Screech!
0: Thud. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord! Oh, no! An ambulance arrives uh, in an indeterminate amount of time. The other two unnamed boys stand together in shock and tears. <laughs> the ambulance arrives in an indeterminate <laughs> amount of time. We lost him. The two other unnamed boys stand together in shock and tears.
2: I can't believe Timmy's gone. It could have been any of us.
0: Timmy looks down at his mutilated body as dark figures dragging away his spirit that is dressed in the same ugly sweater as his corpse. That's me. Not anymore. You're dead. Timmy now stands before another horned figure, Uh, but this time it's real. But it's not the devil himself, because no interpretation of the Bible says that the devil is ruling over hell. Welcome to the abyss, Timmy. You'll be here for eternity. Because you died in your sins. The boys sit together with Mrs. Baxter in the Baxter home.
2: If I had listened to you, Mom, Timmy wouldn't be dead. At least he's in heaven, right, Mrs. Baxter?
3: Oh, how I wish he was, Bobby i cried all night when i heard he was dead i loved that boy he was in my sunday-school class and was one of my favorites but he refused to repent of his sins and give his life to christ he was more concerned with impressing his worldly friends so he quit sunday-school Yesterday, I explained to Timmy one last time that Jesus was the only way to heaven, but he said, when I get old, I'll think about Jesus, but until then, I don't want to think about it. He laughed at me and said I was a fanatic. It broke my heart. Bobby, that decision caused your friend to be sent to hell forever ever
0: she finally gives one of the other boys a name while the other remains unnamed for the rest of the story
3: but that's impossible timmy was a good kid don't make the mistake of believing that good people go to heaven and bad bad people go to hell that's a lie straight from the devil we all deserve to go to hell because we are all sinners
2: then nobody has a chance to go to heaven
3: not true bobby because god loves us he made a way for anyone to get to heaven he sent his son jesus christ to earth to die for us we deserve to be punished for our sins but jesus took our punishment for us on the cross those who believe in jesus as their savior go to heaven but those who reject him go to hell (laughs) you mean
2: being a good person won't get me into heaven
3: no bobby you must accept god's love gift jesus christ (laughs)
2: <laughs> so if timmy had done that he would have gone to heaven
3: that's right but he turned the lord down
2: will he get a second chance
3: no bobby once you die it's settled forever
2: mr Mister- mrs baxter i don't want to turn down god's heaven sorry mr Mister- mr <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Baxter, I don't want to turn down God's way to heaven.
3: Then turn away from your sins, Bobby, and give your life to Jesus.
2: Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me. I'm sorry for my sins, and I ask you to forgive me. Please come into my heart and save me right now. I feel so safe. I know I'll go. <laughs> I-, <laughs> I feel so safe. I know I'll. Oh, my God. I feel so safe. I know I'll go to heaven when I die. I'll never forget this Halloween.
0: In the end, Bobby was saved, and the other am- unnamed boy disappeared during the conversation and was never seen again. <laughs> the end.
3: <laughs> and seen.
1: <laughs> God's love
3: gift. I know. <laughs> that that got me is quite possibly the worst. The person. title
1: of this episode. That's uh.
3: One take only. Brittany,
2: have you Uh, ever seen the video of it's this old couple in like a old diner and they're like describing how delicious the buttery biscuits are (laughs) at this
0: restaurant and the old man... He oh, literally has, like, yeah, five words, and he cannot get it right. And it's why yeah. he did so pissed. I thought that's what was about to
2: happen with that last line. I don't know what's wrong with me. I can't Sweet, read. Buttery, flaky, yeah, that's like, what it was. He kissed like buttery that. biscuits.
0: I don't know I like to watch that. Yeah, oh, it's so funny. One of the funniest so things. He was getting too.
2: so mad, and the woman next to him was, like, getting... <laughs>
0: Well, that was fun. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Welcome back, neighbors. You just heard a cold read of a chick track, a Halloween chick track, that I found online and we all read for the first time together. So, CJ, what do you think? Sorry for the editing nightmare, by the way.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Future CJ is already saying... That that was a fucking nightmare to edit. Um, but no, I, I mean it's fun to do those. I really think we should do them more because they're they're just it's fun to do. Oh, we'll do one at Christmas. Oh yeah, yeah. There's it, probably
0: some for Valentine's Day too. Every holiday we'll read oh, a Oh, Yeah, I'm, I'm
1: sure. Yeah. Fourth of July, Easter, all of that good stuff. <laughs> we stand for the flag and kneel for the cross. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just the typical chick tract stuff, you know. When when I was waiting tables years ago in co- in high school and in college, I had people leave tracks as tips. Like I would Ugh. have people. I would work a Wednesday. I would work a Wednesday night. Shift Nothing's going to turn
0: somebody against Christianity faster than that,
1: right? I'm surprised that I didn't deconstruct sooner, uh, but. We would, I would, I loved working Wednesday nights, man, because at, you know, 7 30, 8 o'clock, you, the, you got hit because all of these people are getting out of Wednesday services. And so you made pretty good tips just because you had quick uh, table turn turnaround. And yeah, I had multiple, or I would have someone leave a something that looked like a $100 oh, bill. Have you fake, seen these?
0: Yes, the fake and dollar it, bills it has, with oh, you know the Roman
1: the Roman's road on it or some, you know, whatever the road to salvation. Yeah, looking back on I don't even really know how I justified that other than being smart and quasi-intellectual in saying you don't really love jesus if you treat your neighbor like this like i mean yeah. that's that was kind of my view of it back then and that still stands today somehow my my mind hasn't been changed on that but yeah just these give me the heebie-jeebies man i i've passed these out before when i was in youth group and we were going around witnessing to people and all that stuff and it's just it's cringy. Yeah.
0: You're Brittany not gi- was definitely you're not, Like cringing and shaking your head the whole time. <laughs>
1: you're you're not you're not giving people the substance that they need just to say, you are a sinner, you're going to hell, pray this prayer. That's not first of all, I don't believe that anymore, but but even aside from my unbelief, that's just not how you create strong Christians and strong shepherds.
0: It's always based in fear. Every time, it's nothing. It's never anything else but fear of hell, and that's not gonna. That doesn't work long term. I mean, I guess it does because there are plenty of people who believe for decades. But uh, it's not the kind of you're not approaching it from a love of Jesus or a love of helping others a love of doing good in the world a love of mindfulness and and peace you're you're approaching it from a fear of death and and eternity like that's right i think i
1: think it was jackie <sighs> that said um when she was on the show i think it was jackie that said she that you, to be a christian is to want heaven and and not the part about not wanting hell right you yeah. you want heaven whatever that means for you The focus shouldn't be on hell and eternal damnation. That's no way to live your life. I I personally feel like that's – there's no way to live your life to be – to just look forward to heaven uh, and eternal afterlife with God. It's – you know, a part in that that chick track said something along the lines of uh, he had one chance. He had one chance in this life. It's like, bro, he was a kid. Like, that's – I mean – that you that's a that's an all loving God is is sending a child to and I like the stereotypical bad boy you know like (laughs) it's always the first one to die in horror movies and it's always the first one to be sent to hell and it's just yeah it's just makes me feel gross man and I can't – look, I can't take this seriously even even if we want to try to have a serious conversation because that last track, that last uh, tile – is it the last one? Yeah, is basically like summarizing and here's the prayer that you need to pray. And on the right-hand side, it says, if you trusted Jesus as your Savior, you have just begun a wonderful new life with him, now – and then the first thing says, "Read your Bible." And in parentheses, it says, "KJV." K-J-V. I didn't like, see that. I can't. I can't take you Every seriously day to get to know Jesus Christ better and better. Yeah, wow. right. Talk, talk to God. Be baptized. Worship. Fellowship. Serve with other Christians. And the Bible is the fi- where the, where Christ is preached. And the Bible is the final authority. Tell others about Jesus Christ. But you're a new, a brand new Christian. Someone that just prayed this prayer and became a Christian. They're not going to know where to start with the Bible, especially yeah. the KJV Bible. They're going to fall asleep in the fourth verse. I mean, yeah, but yeah, the the sense of detached, right? The sense of I'm going to give this this tract to you, or this Bible to you. Oh, and, and my then, job's done, and and yeah, and then it's you're just hands off, and
0: it says make disciples. Jesus said, yeah, "Make disciples, I, not uh, sh- you know, make them say a prayer that makes them worship me." Like, right? And
1: and don't get me wrong, I I know that this is not how all Christians approach yeah. witnessing and preaching the gospel. We have a, a good friend of ours who lives in in Africa, and he's he's yeah. lives with the people and and preaches to them, and he is in it. You know, like yeah, he's there forever. You know, p- potentially, and we that those are the types of christians that are refreshing to see not this tired old well i just have to tell as many people about jesus as i possibly can because somehow that's going to win me more favor yeah. or more arcade tokens with god with the god vending machine
0: like yeah. I, yeah people will say oh treasures in heaven it's like okay but it's heaven what 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 more do you want <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, like you're yeah. still thinking like capitalistically and greedily about heaven, which is, you know, in your mind, infinite abundance and, and love and peace. And God himself is there. What more do you need? Like, oh, it's just and then the whole point of life is just to God created humans just to tell each other about him. Like, like... right. <laughs> oh, man.
1: <laughs> Can we talk about the, the phrase God's love gift? Real quick? <laughs> <laughs> so he putting his baby batter in something like what is uh. that? <laughs> I we're just man, when batter. we were reading that, I I cracked up because Jackie with that that Southern Bell accent, <laughs> God's love gift.
0: <laughs> yeah, and let's actually let's uh, critique this the actual story here god whenever i first read uh at least he's in heaven right mrs baxter and she's like oh i wish he was bobby like it's like Dude, <laughs> you evil woman you're, you're telling me these, two, these two kids that their friend is in hell forever now like yeah oh yeah i so yeah. it's so heartless uh and then she said i cried all night but then two slides later yesterday i explained it to me like the timeline is just weird here but uh it's obviously the next day, but so she hasn't. I don't know. I know I'm hyper criticizing this thing, but I like taking silly things well, seriously. And and you know, the writing structure her. is just te- like the writing is terrible. Like if if you really want this to be effective, get better writers. Like do something better. <laughs> make it make the story more compelling and not so. Ugh.
1: Mrs. Mrs. Baxter is. I mean, A bitch. she's at least she's telling. Well, she's telling her version of the truth, you know, but yeah, it's, she just, I mean, if anything, she's like way worse than Timmy. Yeah. <laughs> well, and who
0: are, who are these kids? They're called, they're both calling them, Miss, calling her Mrs. Baxter. So why are these two kids in this woman's house for like, an unrelated? I guess,
1: she, I guess she's their Sunday school teacher too. I mean, she does reference like. He was in my yeah. Sunday school class, but she doesn't say well, but, our but Sunday if school they class. Were all,
0: if they were all in the same Sunday school class, she wouldn't have to say, <laughs> He was in my Sunday school class. <laughs> True. Uh, what was something so, else? So, like, okay, can we talk
1: can we differentiate between sinning, like being a sinner, and living in sin, right? So, I knew this guy. Uh, we actually went to college with him. I, I won't say his name. But knew this guy, um, by all accounts, a a fantastic Christian. I have no reason to believe otherwise that he's not a a really strong, good Christian. He always was so sweet to me and nice to me. And he had a child while we were in college at out of wedlock, like they were not married. Is that is that a form of living in sin? Like, because I know people will use the argument like, well, you can't be a Christian and gay because you're living, you're you're. Continually living in the sin, cycle, yeah. right? You you're never out of that sin because you are in a homosexual relationship. So not I that wonder. We agree with that.
0: We don't. Neither one of us agree, agree with no. that
1: interpretation. <laughs> no, 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 no. We we don't. Hopefully, if you've listened to at least one other episode, you know that we don't think that. So I just wonder things like that, where if this guy's not going to heaven that, I, that I'm talking about that we went to college with because of that, then it's like. Man, I'm doomed. Same thing with uh, another uh, person we went to college with. Wonderful, on-fire Christian. Gay. I mean, she, hmm. she has a wife. They have kids together now. But she's still active in church. And again, don't let – she says, don't make the mistake of believing that good people go to heaven and bad people go to hell. That's a lie straight from the devil. So, what she's saying is that bad people can go to heaven? Yeah, I don't – I don't it's understand that. Because it's all that. about
0: saying the prayer,
1: right? Like you're 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 making this false dichotomy of just because you're good doesn't mean you're going to heaven, but just because you're bad doesn't mean you're going to hell. And it's it's dissonant. It doesn't yeah, make any sense. No. If you're bad, why should you be allowed to go to heaven for eternity just because you said uh, when, a four when, sentence prayer? Yeah. When other uh, people just, who
0: are good get punished. Yeah. Right. Right. It's, it's silly. It's,
1: all of this is just, it, like I said, man. It's it's cringy. It's the typical Romans Road Bible verses. Some John thrown in there, uh, Gospel according to John thrown in there. Obviously, John three sixteen among others. But um, yeah,
0: and the whole living in sin. I, you have to like. Are you asking strictly from a fundamentalist point of view, or 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 you know other interpretations? Yeah. I mean, for
1: our purposes, right? For our life, From our life experiences and background, it's what is living in sin? What is considered like- Yeah.
0: How, what's the, the lowest frequency to be, still be considered living in it? <laughs> because sin is
1: sin, is sin right? Yeah. That's what we've always been taught. It doesn't matter how bad the sin is or how minor it is or how major it is, it's still sin. And it seems to me that Christians are hung up on this idea of- living in sin the irony there is that by your theology we are all living in sin
0: yeah we're just all sinners. because
1: just because you prayed a prayer doesn't mean that you don't mess up on a daily basis probably on an hourly basis of doing things that and, and look i'm not talking about major things here but uh but did you get angry at, yeah yeah did you get angry at someone and 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 you send in your heart because you your anger turned into a desire to see them, you know, fail
0: in some way. Yeah,
1: yeah. I don't want to like take it too dark and be like you wish yeah. bad upon them, but but still. Uh, so we're. And and then it could just be anything from there. Or did you honor your father and mother? Did you – I saw some dude that uh, was able to score a a PlayStation 5 online the other day. I mean, I kind of – I was kind of jealous of that. But, you know, it's those types of things where what a lot of Christians don't grasp is that you saying that a homosexual is living in sin, so are you, buddy. Yeah you with your with your straight white self with a house full of kids and
0: Go to church going Sunday. to church
1: three day three, time, three times a week like you're still living in sin if by According your definition to your th- yeah yeah we are all living in sin we're all sinners and why how does a prayer prevent me from saying or or cause me to be able to say I don't live in sin anymore. I, yeah, I repented. I said a prayer. Yeah,
0: the the double talk among fundamentalist Christians is is it's so crazy to me that they cannot see it in themselves. The hypocrisy. Uh, yeah, we're all sinners, but I'm not living in sin. Like, it, yeah, it, it's silly. Especially well, that's, that's
1: just the yeah. that's the absurdity of just thinking that the faith that you have means that you are a hundred percent certain. And the problem with that is that. When you, when you have that mentality that there is absolute truth and you have the, the knowledge of that absolute truth, then you can never be wrong. And that is, first of all, not biblical. Second yeah. of all, it's just a really shitty way to be a person. You yeah. just – nobody wants to be friends with someone that thinks that they know everything and you're purporting to know everything there is to know about salvation and how to attain eternal happiness and what constitutes sin and what doesn't constitute sin when you're doing something. And like you said, there's there's this aspect of hypocrisy and we've said it before on the podcast, we know we're hypocrites too. We yeah. We understand that. But I'm not sitting here trying to defend a position that is marred with hypocrisy and yeah. falling short. Yeah, I, sorry. There's I just... there's
0: a very like in two sentences, she completely and likewise, most Christians completely um, contradict themselves. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to earth to die for us. We deserve to be punished for our sins, but Jesus took our punishment, his punishment for us on the cross. So why, you know, he took. He, he was the sacrifice. He paid the debt. What's well, isn't everyone saved now? Right. Uh, it, it just doesn't make any sense. Oh, no, you, you still have to pray to, to, you know, to get God to forgive your sins. It's like, no, you just told me that Jesus forgave my sins on the cross. What are you talking about? And it's just ugh, all those contradictions that I started to actually look at is why I started deconstructing. And yeah, it, oh, man. <laughs> it's it's so cringy. Oh, man. And I can't believe that I used to be. I mean, I guess I could I could say that I'm thankful for it because it gave me a place to to socialize. It gave me I don't know. It probably gave me some stuff, but it, right now it just it it kind of makes me sad that I I fell for it and that I was like Mrs. Baxter to other people. Like, yeah. And and I I want
1: people to know there. And I and I want to say this in in as with as much grace as possible, because I don't, I don't want anyone else who has experienced this to, to think that we're equating what we went through, or I'll say what I went through because uh, Luke, Luke can speak for himself on that. But the church, I didn't leave the church because I suffered some traumatic event or the church wronged me in any way. Like I do not, have any negative associations with church for the most part. I mean, I, I'm sure I could think of something that happened that hurt my feelings. I did I did get kicked out of a church, but uh, that's a story for another time. Uh, actually, we could probably talk about it on this episode, but I, I didn't leave because of trauma. But I feel like as I began to deconstruct and, and zoom out, I could see the trauma that I was carrying with me. Mm-hmm. I I don't I don't feel like the pastors or the congregants caused me that trauma. I feel like the things they were teaching which they just so happened to believe to be absolutely true and I can respect that that's where the trauma came from and the reason why I said I wanted to approach that with as much grace as possible is because I know that there are people who have experienced terrible things in the church. And, you know, I'm just telling you from my experience, I didn't leave because I got hurt. I didn't leave because I experienced some just disgusting trauma that, that people have experienced in, in the church. So I I don't know if you want to add anything to that.
0: No. Yeah. I I would agree with that. Um, I mean, I was in church in a time in my life where we kind of all experienced some trauma teenage years. Right. And so, the the thing that brought about mighty deconstruction was just actually thinking about you know what people were saying, and finally when I actually got out on my own and was in college away from my parents and away from my home church and hearing a lot of other differing interpretations from other Christians and talking to not a lot more non Christians, even though we were at a Christian college, all of the things, all of the questions that I'd always had, I actually started paying attention to instead of sleeping under the rug as you know God's wisdom or whatever. And I really started thinking about all of these things that just never made sense that I just accepted because everyone told me. And then I realized, oh, other people think about this differently and they have other explanations. And yeah, like we keep saying, there's just so much of it just logically doesn't make sense. And then you will say, oh, well, God's logic is not our logic. It's like, well, I don't, that's not a good answer. Not good enough. (laughs) Right. So, yeah, I did, I did
1: get asked to leave a church, um, (laughs) There. Okay, so I was in a couple different bands in high school, and one band that I was in was a Christian metal group. Like we did the sludgiest <sighs> of sludge metalcore that you could possibly imagine, but lyrically we were very Christian. Like you, you could read the lyrics, and it read like like Bible verses kind of thing. And we were practicing in the church gymnasium when. Sunday afternoon in between church services and the pastor came in, heard us just grinding, I mean, nasty (laughs) stuff. And he was like, whoa, 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 no, y'all have to, what are y'all doing? You can't play that in here. And we were like, no pastor, it's, this is, it's Christian music. Like the lyrics are Christian and he wouldn't, we tried to make it, let him read the, the lyrics, you know, the notebook full of lyrics. He just wasn't having it. He said, Hmm. you can't play this here. You got to play it somewhere else. And I said, or I can just go somewhere else and play music and not come back here. You know, kind of, I was kind of rebellious as a kid. Like if you told me not to do something, I was going to be like, hmm, what's the quickest way I can get this done? You know, <laughs> so uh, yeah, he didn't, I wasn't kicked out, but I was basically told if you practice, if you play this again, you're gone. And I said, well, then I'll save a step for you and I'll go play it somewhere else and just be gone. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that's really my only truly negative thing when it comes to to my church life, and because again, it's just that closed minded thing. Like, just open yeah. your eyes and open your mind for a second and read four lines of text right here, so you know that we're doing we we're, we're yeah. all Christians. Two of the other three band members were de- were sons of deacons in the church. Like it's not like yeah, and you, you, you are just say some God, random kids you know, off the street.
0: God knows the intentions of your heart. Well, it's like okay, but you're not practicing that idea, that doctrine. So right, you're disobeying too. <laughs> yeah, it's just all warped and as if God cares that these two chords are put together with distortion, and these two chords are, you <laughs> yeah. know, are fine. Yeah, yep. I know. All right. Well, we are going to take a quick break and when we get back, it will be CJ's turn for bringing some sort of media. I don't know if he's got a song or something else. I do uh, have a song. All right. So, we will meet you back here in just a few or in just a second. We'll we'll be here when you get back. We'll, we'll, Strike yeah, that. We'll Reverse we'll be it. right
1: here. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: So, CJ, what did
1: you bring for us this week? All right. So, in October fashion, I brought one last spooky song for the month of October, and one of my favorite artists, I know Luke is a big fan too, but I'm not sure how familiar you are with the album that this particular song is on, but we're going to listen to a song called Boogeyman by Childish Gambino.
0: Oh, all right, neighbors, we are going to take a listen to that, and you will either hear a 30-second clip or the full song, depending on your subscription status to Spotify, and we will meet you back here in just a few. Yep. Welcome back, neighbors. You just
1: listened to Boogeyman by Childish Gambino. Luke, what'd you think, man?
0: Dude, it- so I I do really like Childish Gambino, more specifically Donald Glover. But yeah, if you had told me this song, if I didn't know this was Donald Glover, Ch- or sorry, Childish Gambino, uh, and you told me this song was straight out of the 70s, like this was a 70s song, I would have believed you because mm-hmm. it's just so true to that funk style.
1: Yeah.
0: Even yeah. his like his weird vocals, which is always funny to me, like he because he he typically sings high he He raps at a little higher pitch because he he doesn't really talk like that, but it does work. I do like it. And he's gotten more um as his music has gotten deeper, so as his voice. I mean, he's getting older. and but yeah, i like to I like to see how he changes his voice, song to song to fit the theme or the type of song that it is. But, uh, yeah, I liked it. It was cool. like the the message is pretty clear. Um, yeah, yeah. And look, we're, we're not going to talk a
1: lot about that stuff. Look, two straight white dudes. Uh, we've, we've talked a little bit about race issues on the podcast before. Uh, I don't really think we need to revisit that as much. I will touch on some of the, the imagery and how clever uh, Childish uses that imagery to, to just really great effect. But before that, Luke's already touched on this. But Childish Gambino is the stage name of Donald Glover. Now, for those of you who may not know who Donald Glover is, he is—he was Troy on, or he is Troy, yeah, um, on the TV Six series seasons *Community*. And a movie. Yeah, to, about to be a movie, hopefully. Yeah. And also, he is the creator, star, and sometimes director of the hit fx show atlanta if you haven't watched atlanta folks get on it it's fantastic it's so good it's weird it's quirky it's funny it's it's a great show great show
0: so do you know how you got to start
1: yeah tina fey okay i i didn't write this in my notes but yeah i do know tina fey hired him on as a writer for 30 rock and he was 23 years old but so, no,
0: that's he got noticed by Tina Fey because of what is it uh Derek Comedy him and two uh, two of his friends. I forget the one guy's name but the other one is DC Pearson who's also a writer, actor. They they had yeah. a YouTube channel where they just did silly sketches, much like the much like Key and Peele, but mm-hmm. sillier, if you can believe it, <laughs> weirder um, and that's how Tina Fey Noticed him and got to ride on Thirty Rock, yeah, at twenty three years old, and then that's just, just you know, absolutely insane. And yeah. working for NBC is how he also got noticed for Community, and and then just just kept on rolling. Man, this dude is probably a workaholic, if you ask me. <laughs> uh, he's, I mean, he's got to be, man. Uh, he uh,
1: he's not strictly speaking a stand up comedian, but he does have some stand up that you can find out there on YouTube, and it's it's funny. He's such he's, a, he's so Depot. funny. He has. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta watch some of that later, man. Yeah. Um but yeah, he like I said, got really got that big break writing for Thirty Rock. Of course, then Community came along, uh Atlanta, all while being a, a really accomplished musician. Mm-hmm. He's he's been active musically for quite a while. Two thousand eleven, he released his first studio album, which was called Camp. And in 2013 two years later he followed that up with because the internet his second studio album because the internet to me is one of the most complete rap albums hip-hop albums that i've ever listened to just it it is a concept album so that definitely helps the flow and the subject matter but it's experimental it has r&b it has a little funk it has trap beats uh, so he's representing his his home uh, town home state uh, in Atlanta Georgia he's just not afraid to push the limits of what music is and i think you see that here on the third studio album which is called awaken my love which was released in 2016 december 2016 so almost 6 years ago this this album came out which is crazy for me to think about well, but he he didn't have an
0: Oh, sorry, go ahead. Well,
1: I was gonna say he's had EPs and he's had mixtapes mix and stuff, but Okay, yeah, I was gonna know, to those... say he had
0: an album before Camp. Uh it was called Cul de Sac.
1: Right, right. Yeah, he has lots of mixtapes and lots of EPs over the over the last, you know, twelve to fifteen years, something like that. But uh those those three studio album he does have a fourth album that was released in twenty twenty called Three Fifteen Twenty, but I haven't listened to that. I don't really know why. I don't know if I just didn't realize it was something he released or maybe it was B-Sides or something, which I'm not usually a big fan of with bands. Uh, I, I'm not sure. But, of course, he released in 2018 after this album, Awaken My Love, he released This Is America, hmm. which kind of saw him go back to his, his hip-hop roots. But that song was huge at the time. It was so important. It was He just has his finger on the pulse yeah, of of pop culture, which is interesting because he's very private. He doesn't do a lot of interviews. He he doesn't really ever post on social media. He's he's gone on record in the past as saying like social media makes him feel like a like a fake person, like he's not a real flesh and blood human being. Yeah. So he really just doesn't fool around with with social media at all. An interesting thing about uh, Donald Glover, Childish Gambino, he was raised in Atlanta, Georgia. And his parents were foster parents, so they constantly had kids in and out of the home. And he has he has some hilarious stories about that. He does yeah. some in his stand ups, and he was also raised as a Jehovah's Witness. Yeah, which but bled which made it not,
0: which made it into the show Community. Troy was right, Jehovah's yeah, Witness. Yeah, yeah.
1: And he, uh, I, from what I can gather even though he is no longer Jehovah's witness and I don't know what where his parents are anymore in that respect I you know there's no way for me to find that information out but I wonder if where they are in that because I know that they're very proud of their son and the stuff he sings about especially on his hip hop cuts are not <laughs> not yeah. something that a Jehovah's witness would listen to so he seems to have really supportive parents which I think is is great and that's basically all I have on the background of of Donald Glover and Childish Gambino, but I want to just point out some really clever songwriting and mm-hmm. ways that he's playing with words in this song. So, boogeyman. All right, you see that word and you immediately think a monster, a scary, a scary mystical creature. But yeah. notice the spelling of boogeyman. Okay, b o o-g-i-e-m-a-n so the original term well not the original but the popular term from the uk is bogeyman with one o and then in america that shifted to boogeyman, but it was spelled b-o-o-g-e-y m-a-n mm-hmm. he's spelling it like the term boogie the, down yeah the shuffle the shuffle dance that's played with boogie boogie woogie music right this this form of dance the boogie originated in black american communities in the 1870s but it reached mainstream popularity i.e. white people (laughs) in the late 1920s so to boogie to boogie down or to boogie means to dance right and so he's taking this sense of the boogeyman, i didn't notice that the mystical creature and combining it with the boogie the dance the boogie and so it's a portmanteau, I guess, if you want to be technical uh, terminology wise. And so it, affix, it you're, he's affixing the fear of the boogeyman or the bogeyman with that African-American developed dance, the boogie, creating a mysterious, uh, scary image of black Americans. And obviously, it's a commentary on fear that's motivated by race. And, of course, he's saying this other person with the gun in your hand, I'm the boogeyman. You yeah, know? in both senses and,
0: of the word, yeah.
1: And, and when Luke – what was funny is when we paused the recording to look up and listen to the song on Spotify, Luke typed in boogeyman. And the first thing that came up was uh, a Casey and the Sunshine Band's name uh, titled I'm Your Boogie Space Man from 1976. And that's very intentional on – on gambino's part here he's he's referencing that song it's a callback he's using some clever language there in the title and in the words to the song and he's just he's a wordsmith yeah look you guys go on youtube i'll i'll try to remember to link this in the comments or i'm sorry in the show notes look up childish gambino freestyle just go look it up
0: oh yeah five and listen to this
1: dude yeah i mean listen to this dude go off like he goes off He's not reading lyrics. He's getting a, a generic beat that, that he's not practiced with. Like he's just a Stream freak adventure when it comes yeah. to, to lyricism, wordplay. His wordplay is is funny. Um this album, Awaken My Love, is is a clear departure. He had kind of been going in that direction with some EPs. He had like a Kawhi EP where that was a lot more island uh, RB pop kind of style before before awaken my love and it, it kind of was a good little bridge into this album that's just a love letter to funk music it's it's funky it's psychedelic it's like like you said if i didn't know that this was a recent thing by a recent artist i would think it was something older and i mean that's so true what he's doing here is i think a, a little bit of He's doing two things at once. He's he's paying homage to those who came before him. These mm-hmm. masters of funk. You know, you mm-hmm. have Parliament, George Clinton. You've got uh, Curtis Mayfield. You've got Funkadelic. All of these folks. You've got some of that psychedelic rock, like Jimi Hendrix. You can hear some of that influence in there. And but I also think this is not just paying homage to a an era of music. I would argue that Childish was able to basically prophesy a resurgence in funk. And the having, he's such a smart person that I think he knew that, um, that funk was not dead in, in this album, among others around that time, have, have proven that. I mean, you look at, uh, Bruno Mars the same year put out 24 Karat Magic, which is just this odyssey of, of funk and old school r&b motown uh, the the heyday of motown r&b style and then another bruno project which is more recent in the last year is his project with anderson pack called silk sonic again funk is funk is not dead you've got lewis cole and you've got thundercat who are trying to do it maybe from a less accessible way but they're still funk musicians that are wildly popular if if not as straightforward as someone like Bruno or Anderson .Paak or even Childish Gambino I I don't really see Childish being super straightforward with this record cuz it's a it's a lot it's 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 a lot on this record and he's he's pulling from so many different avenues and and genres of music but I just love someone that's not afraid to kind of Subvert expectations, yeah. Because I know that this album was kind of polarizing for fans of his. Uh, critically, it was well received, but for fans, it was either you loved that he was doing something different and putting himself out there, uh, or you were like, "Dude, just give me the bars, man. I just want, mm. I just want you to rap again." Which I can understand both perspectives. I just happen to appreciate someone that's not fenced in and and not boxed in by genre labels and oh, they yeah. just do whatever they feel like that's the mark of a true artist is someone yeah, well, that yeah he's been a, a writer do... <laughs>
0: like you said he's been a writer a comedian yeah. an actor uh, a producer a director <laughs> like, yeah he doesn't like yeah. to be fenced in
1: no he's he's just it's just such a such a great song great record that that man that instrumental at the very end with the slow fade like the last 45 seconds are just a jam session mm-hmm. man it's it's so well produced, and you guys definitely check that whole album out. I know probably 100% of the people listening have heard the song Redbone, which is probably his biggest song, maybe besides This Is America, and Redbone is on this record, Awaken My Love as well, so definitely listen to it. Man, it, there's, there's some good tracks. There's a couple that you could probably skip over, but... Man, it's a it's a solid record. A, a breezy fast listen and I just love Childish Gambino so much. Any other thoughts, Luke?
0: Um, no. No.
1: Okay. So, we're going to play a game. That's topical to what we've been doing here talking about the boogeyman. So I mentioned the bogeyman. This is spelled or pronounced a few different ways. Boogeyman, bogeyman spelled with different o- amounts of O's and IE or EY or just Y or whatever. So basically the bogeyman is this undefined mythic creature that's used by adults to frighten children into Mm -hmm. being good, right? It's kind of the evil version of Santa Claus, right? And what I found super interesting is that I found an article on bogeymen or boogeymen from different cultures. Mm. And so, they have different names. And so, I want to try to quiz you a little bit. Now, some of these are going to be maybe harder than others. Well, for sure, harder than others. Uh, but but what I what I'm planning on doing, Luke, is I'm gonna give you the name of the bogeyman and a short description of what this particular monster or creature is and what mm-hmm. they do, what they're known for, what their you know the folklore is there. And then you just have to try to tell me what country it's from. Okay now some of these are gonna be kind of hard. I'm gonna try to pronounce them as well as possible. I did mm-hmm. look up some pronunciations, but if I get one wrong, Hey, send us an email or hit us up on social media and let me know how badly I butchered some of these names. I'm here for it. Okay, so we're going to start off super easy, (laughs) super easy here just to get you in. Let me read the description first and then I'll give you the name just because if I give you the name, you'll know the answer. What country is this monster from? This monster is a dragon-like creature with a strange amalgam of animal parts and a blood curdling scream. According to legend, this boogeyman was the 13th child of the terribly unlucky Mother Leeds in 1735. Ever since, it has been terrorizing those foolhardy enough to venture into the Pine Barrens at night. The name of this boogeyman is the Jersey Devil. So, see, if I'd have given you the Jersey Devil, you would have been like, Uh "Uh, New Jersey, USA? (laughs) Yes, USA. My final answer. So, that's just kind of an example. So... Here's one for you. Nama Hage. Nama Hage. N-A-M-A-H-A-G-E. These are ogres that go from door to door on New Year's Eve looking for children who have misbehaved that year. They are more than happy to unburden parents by taking away children who are lazy, insolent, or simply cry too much. Their name comes from the famous refrain, Nanomi Ko Hage Yo, which means... Blisters healed yet? Which was meant to insult Jeez. people who lazily sit by the fire all day. Nama Hage. I'm
0: gonna guess Japan.
1: Yeah, ja- Japan. Then and, and like I tried to pronounce it where it sounds like it's from that area, just because so, some of these are gonna get a little crazy. Um. Okay. Next one. Guru Mapa. Guru Mapa. G U R U M A P A. One word. The Guru Mappa is a man-eating giant with large, protruding fangs. Although he loves the taste of children, he can be reasoned with. And today, he enjoys an annual tribute feast in exchange for not eating local kids. Wow. Wow. Where would that be from?
0: Uh, Based on Guru, I'm going to guess India. Okay. You're close.
1: It's Nepal. Oh. Nepal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, next one. Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga. Two words here. B-A-B-A and then Y-A-G-A. Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga is a witch with a deep and powerful connection to the forest. She lives in a hut that stands on giant chicken legs, rides around in a flying mortar, and carries around a giant pestle. Ambivalent towards humans, she is just as likely to help you as eat you. Baba translates to old woman, while Yaga may derive from a word for serpent.
0: Hmm. Baba Yaga. I should know this. Um, Bud- Budapest.
1: <laughs> this is Russia. Russia.
0: Oh, God. I was c- kind of close. Yeah. It's yeah, Eastern European. It's not bad.
1: Not a bad, yeah. I didn't <sighs> want to say like Europe or Asia because apparently there's a There's a controversy as to where Russia actually is, if it's in Europe or Asia. I don't know.
0: I thought it was both. Okay. Yeah,
1: I don't know. All right, next one. A little bit, probably a little easier for you. El Hombre del Saco. (laughs) El Hombre del Saco. This is an ugly gaunt man that's said to kidnap naughty children in broad daylight and carry them away in a sack, depending on regional variants. He either sells the children or eats them. In some cultures, a figure like Sackman works as St. Nicholas's evil sidekick. El hombre del saco.
0: Now, I'm going to go with the obvious answer, but I have a reason for it. Um, I'm going to say Mexico.
1: Okay. Why is there re- why is there reason well, for that because to I, the obvious
0: answer? Because um, Sackman, I mean saco, sac, like... It seems to be there's more hybridizations of English words and Spanish words in Mexico okay. versus Spain. Um, yeah, that's true. And the, and the further down you go from Mexico, the the, the less um, interaction you get with English speakers. I would assume, like, again, could be wrong about that, but that's why I'm guessing Mexico.
1: I mean, that's sound reasoning. Now, this article does say Spain, however, however, it does say other known whereabouts. Most of Southern Europe and Latin America, Latin America too. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely in Mexico. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure the uh, Inquisition brought that heartwarming story over. All right. Next one. (laughs) Butzaman, Butzaman. This is spelled B-U-T-Z-E-M-A-N-N. Butzaman. This is a faceless goblin or ghost shrouded in a cloak. He hides in dark corners, under the bed or in the closet, and attacks children who stay up past their bedtime. His name either comes from "botzen" to make a racket or "verbützen" to conceal or disguise. Today, he's most famous for the silly children's song, "Es tanzt ein Baibabutzemann," <laughs> which <laughs> means "It dances the Baibabutzemann," which was originally about a poltergeist with rattling bones and a scythe.
0: I mean, Germany, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's Germany.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's see if I can find
1: you one or two more here. I thought that this one was really interesting. Again, pronunciation-wise, we'll see. Tokolosha. Tokolosha. T-O-K-O-L-O-S-H-E. The Tokolosha are water sprites who do the bidding of evil wizards. They can become invisible by drinking water and cause all sorts of mischief. You can protect yourself from them whilst you sleep by p- placing a brick beneath each leg of your bed, but banishing them for good will require the help of a witch doctor. Tokalosha.
0: Um, by, by the sound of the, the name alone, because the description didn't give me anything, um, I'm going to say Israel. Do you want a hint? sure just because you were a little further off
1: geographically speaking than the other ones this is a country whose well i don't want to say their national language because i don't know that for a fact is but their main language is afrikaans oh gosh i went to college with someone from this country
0: oh um nigeria
1: (laughs) no south africa
0: oh i thought sorry I thought you were talking about Elvis from uh, from LC, but you're talking about um what was his name?
1: You're gonna get it wrong again.
0: Are it's, you thinking uh, of
1: um I can't remember the guy's name? Me no, This is a girl. This is that's Ilana. Oh. Yeah. She's from uh, South Africa. South Africa. She moved here yeah. when she was like seven or something like that. Ah. Uh. Okay. One more just because this one is pretty disturbing and you'll get it right. Well, uh, yeah, you'll get it right. La Llorona. La Llorona. L-A space L-L-O-R-O-N-A. La Llorona. This boogeyman is actually the ghost of a woman who drowned her children in order to be with a man who ultimately spurned her. Destitute, she drowned herself, but she's barred from entering heaven until she finds her children. At night, she wanders along the riverbanks, looking for them, crying, Ay, me is, mis hijos, oh, my children, and uh, snatching yeah. any child she makes for her own. Any, oh, I'm sorry, and snatching any child she mistakes for her own. Like the Irish banshee, hearing her cry is considered a death omen. Her name is derived from the word llorar, which means to weep.
0: Uh, what was the, so the name was again? That?
1: la llorona
0: oh then i'm I'm gonna say mexico again
1: yes it's mexico there's actually a movie there's actually a horror movie called la llorona it was okay i saw it a while back okay and i think that's all i have some of these are really interesting but not i mean it'd be really hard to guess some of these countries but i just thought it was fun less of a less of a Strictly speaking, a quiz and more of just some interesting information about boogeymen from boogie people from <laughs> from other parts of the world. So there you have it. Our last uh, episode in October. How do you feel about the episodes of this month, man? This spooky uh, month? I,
0: think, I think it was a fun challenge to pick themes and do some fun intros and uh, some, some new things. I, I like it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I had fun. I had fun for sure. Next week, the corresponding episodes. We're moving on to other things. I'm sure we'll come up with some a, fun. Themes a month of between... Thanksgiving
0: episodes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're gonna have to dig. We're going <laughs> We're gonna, that. We're gonna you know, skip thinking, November.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was thinking the other day, or uh, actually earlier today. Sorry, when you're when you're running on fumes, sleep wise, you your days run together. I was thinking about how we could do songs about being thankful. Uh, in the month of november and i said well shit luke did thankful by cademan's call in episode 4 uh, so like we can't yeah, do that
0: yeah that's like the only christian song about thankfulness you yeah. <laughs> know i wasted it early yeah. yeah
1: i think that i think we don't have enough songs that talk about thankfulness so but yeah we'll we'll come up with something next month and because listen thanksgiving you know halloween and thanksgiving don't get enough love Because everybody's in Christmas
0: mode as soon
1: as the Uh, first cool breeze. I think they
0: switch to Christmas mode after Halloween. I think Halloween gets enough love.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it it definitely gets more love than Thanksgiving, which, listen, the historical context of Thanksgiving, uh, that's not why why I'm filling my plate with so much food and drinking a bunch of wine that day. And hanging out with
0: family and, yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I I don't feel too bad about that. So, we are, at the end of the episode... Luke, do you have anything mm. to say to our beautiful listeners?
0: Uh, yeah, just, uh, again, email us. Uh, follow us on social media at Praise and Broship Podcast. We have a Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. I don't think we have a Facebook, but that's fine. Yeah, we do. Oh, we do. Okay. Uh, and then <laughs> uh, our, our personal Instagrams, that's the one that I'm most active on, is uh, Patio Pottery Studio. You can check out some of my recent work. And CJ, yours? Yeah, I'm at
1: cj ward music you're gonna have to scroll aways ways to hear any of my music just because i don't post as much as i used to mm. uh but yeah we're we're i know luke is more active on instagram and i'm kind of split between that and facebook but yeah we do have all the social media and you see now why we <laughs> why we have someone helping us with our social media presence because we just we just don't really get down like that so but yeah hit us up on social media or you can email us remember to love your neighbor as yourself bye guys bye and enjoy the outtakes oh god